How many have memorized 2 Timothy 2.15? Are you shy or has nobody memorized 2 Timothy 2.15? Really? Okay, I've got one hand. One hand? Okay, three hands. How many... Well, we'll save that for another time. Listen to this. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, many people who have memorized this have memorized this in the King James, which sounds a little different. The King James follows the one of the first English translations of the New Testament, or the whole Bible, the Geneva Bible, in translating this study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Our new King James has made some changes to that translation, not many, And some may even argue, not enough. Study to show yourself improved becomes diligent. Be diligent. Which is an improvement for modern English. But not necessarily the best choice of words either. This leading statement, study, be diligent, is so important because it is the only real imperative in this verse. And the verse is full of things to do. But we only get this list of things to do because of the first word. That's why it's so important to get the first word really right. It was important that we understand that the command to Timothy and by extension to every one of us here is to be completely engaged. Do you have one of those boxes? Actually, you can't call them boxes anymore. Now they're flat panels. But you've got one of those flat panels on your wall that brings the pictures to you? And how often does that sit there flickering and changing and you're not really paying attention to it? Or for others, you may be watching that and you're listening to your spouse talking to you and you're not really listening to that. We human beings have a hard time keeping our attention where it belongs. It tends to wander, as you may be experiencing right now. But Timothy was encouraged by Paul to be completely engaged, eager, conscientious, quick, and careful to do several things. I like the last two. 
Be quick and careful. I don't know where your bedroom is. Our bedroom is in the very front of the house on the second floor. And on those rare occasions where you're sleeping and you get woken up by somebody pounding on your door or by your wife honking the horn in the driveway, um, you know how it is. It's like one minute oblivion and the next minute confusion and then finally running down the steps. Um, All of that is implied in these two words. When a guest comes to the door and starts banging, like Jesus described the man who came because he had a friend from far company country come and he wanted to give him dinner, but he had nothing. And he goes and he bangs on his neighbor's door. We get up. We don't bother to put our shoes on and we run to the door. That's what's behind this idea of to be diligent, to be quick and careful, hasty even, to do something that's urgent. But it's the kind of word, and for you grammarians, this is the kind of word that expects to be followed by infinitives. Okay. For those of you who are not in grammarians, to be diligent assumes you're going to tell somebody what they need to do next. So in this case, be diligent to present. To present. To present what? To present yourself to God. Present sounds like present, and I have actually heard people say, this means to make yourself a present to God. So you don't be thinking you need to wrap yourself up and put a bow on yourself. To really understand what it means to present yourself to God, you really need to understand some of the pictures of the Old Testament. I'm only going to give you one. In Job chapter 2, it says that it was a day when all of the hosts of heaven presented themselves before the Lord. In other words, all of God's angels came and gave an accounting of what they're doing. And the story of Job, it's among them that the adversary came and pointed the finger at Job, and that starts the rest of the book. There is a day coming when each one of us will stand there before the throne and how will you appear? Now when I say appear, I don't mean will you be dressed in a suit or a white robe? Everybody imagines we're going to have white robes. Um, That's not what I mean, how will you appear? It's more like when 
Brother Don has to go to court. They use that term, to appear. To appear before the magistrate. To present yourself to the court. That means that you're ready. Are you going to show up there dressed in your own righteousness? What does the Bible say about our own righteousness? They're filthy rags. That's right. Are you going to go? I have a wife who throws out my clothes when I get to a wonderful point where they're just broken enough and there's enough holes in them that you're not worried that you're going to rip them or do anything to them. No, they're, they're, they're careless, carefree. And then they disappear. <laughs> Are you going to appear dressed in your most comfortable clothes? The Bible says our own righteousness is filthy rags. Or you, will you stand there dressed in Christ's righteousness? This is the first priority, according to 2 Timothy 2.15. Be quick and careful to appear there as a worker who has demonstrated his worthiness. Hint. The only way to do that is to make every effort to be sure you appear in Christ's righteousness and not your own. Some people talk about Peter and Paul. They say they didn't always agree. In fact, Peter did say there are some things that Paul wrote that are difficult to understand. But basically, when it comes to the Christian life, they agreed. And in 2 Peter 1, uh, I guess it's about verse 10, Peter says, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. He's saying the same thing. Put every effort in making sure that when you show up at the throne, nobody's going to point and embarrass you and say, how did you get here like that? We need to do everything to be sure that we appear there In Christ. In Christ. That is the most important step of the Christian life. To come in any other way, to come in our own strength, our own righteousness, our own efforts. If we appear there without his righteousness, without his white garments, then we will be disqualified. Are you in Christ? We also need to be diligent to appear as a worker who is approved. 
because we have nothing to be ashamed of. Let me ask you, and you don't raise hands, don't answer. Is there any secret, is there any detail of your life that you would be ashamed to share with anybody else here? Think. If the answer is yes, well, you need to be sure it's covered up better. And the only ad adequate covering is the blood of Christ. This is why repentance and confession are so important to the believer. Keeping short accounts, making sure that we don't, as Paul said, let the, sin go let the sun go down on our anger. All kinds of things, we need to deal with them while it's still today. The only adequate covering is the blood of Christ. Is there anything that's not covered? And lastly, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. How are you with the word? Paul's last admonition is to use it well. Rightly dividing is an unfortunate translation. The point is, are you applying God's word to your own life, to your own circumstances? Are you doing it accurately? Are you doing it honestly? The word here basically is derived from the image of either a mason stonemason or a carpenter. Making a straight line. Now, how many of you work in carpentry, have done carpentry? I am a horrible carpenter. I see a couple of hands. Um, I used to say that I'd rather work in metal because I can fix anything in metal. But there's just no way to put back what you cut off with wood. Make the wrong cut and it's done. And uh, so I never really enjoyed carpentry. But the picture is one who can make a straight cut. I am not able to do that even with a circular saw and one of those long guides. I'm not a carpenter. Are you making straight cuts in your life? Are you using God's word skillfully? We have so many opportunities here to help you do that. Um, Pastor Mark talked about the uh, 
upcoming class. What's the title of it? The War on Words, right. We have home Bible studies. We have sharing groups, home meetings. We have Sunday school. We have prayer meeting where we hear the words spoken. Where are you? Are you taking every advantage offered you to become skillful, careful, and conscientious in the study of the scriptures? You need to be engaged. You need to be focused. Each one of us does. Right now, right now, will you commit yourself to renewing your focus and making that word, that life-giving word, the straight line by which you make everything else in your life line up. Let's pray. Father, we confess to you quietly now those areas that we have missed the mark, straight off the line, like an amateur carpenter cutting wide of his mark. We have been impatient and rushed in our obedience at times. We've been distracted and careless. But Lord, we pray that you would fill us with a love of your word, with a discipline for study, with the desire to share what we discover, and with the boldness to do it even when we're afraid. So Lord, help us to become disciples who are prepared, diligent, ready to stand before you, workmen with nothing of which to be ashamed. We don't know when we'll see you. Whether we will cross Jordan's stormy banks individually, Mm -hmm. or whether you will appear in the air and we'll be caught up to meet you. We don't know your timetable. But however we get there, Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have the righteousness of Christ to stand in. Lord, help us each to be careful, to stand 
only in his righteousness. And make us eager for that day. But while we're here, make us diligent and careful and so that we might grow in grace and be approved by you, by your word, with nothing to be ashamed of. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.